If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 47. This is IGN's best and only Xbox 360-centric podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Hopper, the head of IGN's Xbox channel. Joining me today are my locksmiths, Peter Eichmanns. Hello there, everyone. Hello. And associate editor, Mitch Dyer. 47? That's like a clerk's joke, but plus 10. (laughs) (laughs) Regale us. Tell us. Explain. Tell us why that's funny. Have you never seen Clerks? Yeah, it's been a long time. I saw Clerks back when it was relevant. (laughs) <laughs> oh snap Damn. See, and to be fair it's even be before your time really oh yeah this Let's show was like 1991 you were way too <laughs> young I was like three years old exactly and I was you like ah, it's funny because like, <laughs> she gave 37 blowjobs and I'm three and I understand the show <laughs> <laughs> they grow up faster in Canada they grow yeah, up faster they yeah totally Right on, guys. Yeah. So yeah, that was some some good clerks right at the beginning there. <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about Alan Wake's American Nightmare. Hot damn. Which just came out today, as a matter of fact. Um, Azura's Wrath, um, just from what we've played of it, um, our uh, our fine folks in the UK, uh, Keza McDonald, did our review, which went up over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about Syndicate, which our very own Pete Eichmann's reviewed. Damn! And we're going to talk a little bit about um, the new Modern Warfare map that launched for Call of Duty Elite Premium subscribers, Overwatch. I heard that game was not good. <laughs> <laughs> Word on the street. Word on the street. <laughs> Them kids are saying, they just don't seem to like it very much. Nope. <laughs> okay, guys. So let's talk about uh, the big one, Ellen Wake, yeah. which just launched today. Out now, what, 15 bucks, 1,200 points? 1,200 Microsoft points. It's really good if you like flashlights. It is. I'm a, I'm a flashlight connoisseur. Yeah. One thing that I thought was weird about the original Alan Wake, and you don't really see this so much in American Nightmare, but like I was thinking about this this weekend, like all the flashlights are, or all the flashlights and the batteries are branded Energizer, you yeah. know, for like some sort of product placement yeah. deal that Microsoft had or, you know, whatever. No, don't need to really get into all that. <laughs> but why would Energizer want to attach their name to a game where batteries run out in like five <laughs> seconds 
I guess it's a start because like Duracell has their ads where it's like when NASA goes to space, they choose Duracell. <laughs> so when it's like when Alan Wake's about to get fucked up by a hobo with a scythe, he chooses Energizer. <laughs> yeah, they want the the posit- positivity of killing bad guys to overrule their you know the short battery life. Energizer so. is a really also. Big have you seen how fast they recharge in American Nightmare? <laughs> well, Just yeah. One button. They they recharge about as fast as they die. <laughs> like that's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. And also, what kind of flashlight has the super beam button? I don't know. A flashlight I want. Yeah, I know. Yeah, seriously. It's like there are times when I'm using my flashlight for whatever you... Who the hell uses a flashlight for things these days? Like, what do you... Everyone just uses... Like, for? I've seen people unironically use their cell phone. Like, I can't see anything. I need to... Yeah. They have app. They have flashlight apps. I guess apps. I've done yeah. that. They do. I actually have one. They do. Droid light. Is it, is it like the party one that like shows... No, it's just a light bulb, but it's super fucking bright. No, you know what it does? I have like a flash with my camera, and uh-huh. it just keeps that lit. So it's this blinding, horrible light. Nice. But it helps you, you know. Be a good sidearm in Alan Wake, too. Yeah, why the hell couldn't Alan do that? He like, he's a, a writer. He's, he does have a cell phone. He uses it like within the first five minutes. He of could finish day. his chapter Barry and take out enemies exactly. at the same time. Just hold it up, point at yeah. the enemies, and tap, 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 tap. Battery tap. life's pretty good, too. Crazy. So yeah. It is. It is, you know. But well, seriously, though. Food for thought. I haven't played through the whole campaign what were your thoughts on the campaign? My Steve? thoughts on the campaign, um, I love the action. Yeah. Like, I thought it was, the Alan Wake mechanics work extremely well. I mean, they're they're very tight. You, your guy moves correctly. I mean, usually in survival horror games, you know, there's that, the old adage that you move like a tank, basically. Um, and you don't do that in Alan Wake. It feels fluid when you're moving your guy around. Um, using the, the flashlight gun mechanics work really well. And they're, they're a lot of fun. It's very, you know, rewarding cathartic gameplay mm-hmm. you know when you when you dodge you it goes into that slow motion effect if you pull off your dodge correctly and it's fun it's like a really intuitive control system and it works great when it's super combat heavy and you know you've got new weapons in american nightmare like the assault rifle and mm-hmm. the and the uh the nail gun and all that cool shit um but the one thing that i was seriously missing from the original alan wake was that sense of atmosphere yeah that sense that like something is right behind you and you gotta you just gotta fucking run right like you got that feeling in the game like there'd be times when you'd just be you know walking through the woods and then suddenly the wind would pick up and this noise would just mm-hmm. take over it was like you're being chased you by always your whispers yeah it was great. Like, that was, to Atmosphere. me, that was the definitive part of the Alan Wake experience. That is what made Alan Wake yeah. so special. And that's not in American Nightmare. Yeah. I mean, the, they've, granted, they, they did opt to go. And they were, you know, pretty forthcoming about this from the very beginning. They're like, okay, we're going to make this game. It's not going to feel exactly the same. It's going to be this super pulp-heavy experience. It's going to have more to do with Dust Till Dawn than, like, you know... Stephen King or Twin Peaks or anything like that, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, there, no one, no one would begrudge them for trying to do something a little different or you know experiment with what, the game. What's it now like? Instead of Twin Peaks, sort of, it's more like Dean Koontz. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Phantom, <laughs> starring Ben Affleck. Oh wait, was that Phantoms or Phantom? Phantoms. Phantoms. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you want to make another Kevin Smith reference, you can go right ahead. <laughs> There's a really great line in Jane Silent Bob about that movie. <laughs> Carry oh, on. Man. Two for two. <laughs> yeah. Mitch is on it with you're, Kevin Smith. You're all about it. We're going to have... This is I, my goal now. Your goal is to get to five by yeah, the end of this five podcast. Five Kevin Smith references. Make it happen. Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. It's on you. That doesn't count. You already talked about no, Phantoms. No, I know. Okay. That but... Was, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've only played... If you guys caught our live stream mm-hmm. last week, 
I've only played that section of the campaign, but I've played a decent amount of Fight Till Dawn so far. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy that. Fight Till Dawn is really addictive. It and looks it's really fun. Extremely like, fun. I've been on the fence sometimes, like survival mode when there's a timer. Because uh-huh. it seems like it's it's much more. It's not like you can go forever and like I killed a bajillion guys for forty five minutes and look at my super score. It's like okay, you have to do everything you possibly can in ten minutes. And I was kind of on the fence with that. Like, uh, what game is it? Um, Inversion, totally mm-hmm. random shooter coming out pretty soon. Yeah, has a survival mode like that where it has a finite amount of content and you have to do your best to score the highest possible in a time frame and i always thought that was kind of weird when they called that a survival mode yeah but i mean obviously yeah you need to survive to score the points but it actually it's pretty fun here it is and that that you know that 10 minute clock i mean you know there are times when you're just like okay well i have this arbitrary clock that i just have to sit by and wait till it runs out but i mean there are times when those minutes oh god just slow down the last when <laughs> the enemies start coming out of the woodwork yeah it's scary like you guys if you guys want again the live stream the last 30 seconds of the show i had under a minute left and i just got swarmed and <laughs> taken out it was, it was sad but it's a lot of fun it's totally different for Indeed. alan wake but it's much more that arcade and you know high scores and that whole sort yeah, of thing and it works fun. extremely well because those combat mechanics are just really fun and really intuitive and they're pretty easy to pick up and play, but I mean, you know, you have to really be quick on your reflexes to be mm-hmm. able to dodge those attacks. Yeah, dodging's hard. I still find that. Yeah, yeah. Even though it looks so badass when it goes to slow motion. Totally. Like, yeah. <laughs> just that's what I was like. Peter rocks out yeah, every time he does. Yeah, yeah, He just starts dodge. wailing on his I desk. Hear him I've heard desk, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty it's awesome. really irritating when I work across from him. <laughs> it's true. So I don't I don't know the plot of that game at all. Like, what is is the story good? Like, what, the story does it do anything uh, emotionally? Like the wife. Well, Anything she's involved. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. Okay. I mean, the game just came out today. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but basically, yes, it does tie in somewhat to uh, Alan's search for Alice, his uh, missing wife. And uh, it, it deals with him facing off against Mr. Scratch, who is like his alter ego, doppelganger, primary antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Mr. Scratch is, you know, this big you know really you know charismatic in a way but you know a real asshole and his deal is just to unleash taken onto night springs which i don't know if you're i'm, I'm sure you are familiar with it. the it, night springs was the um uh show within alan wake that you'd sometimes see if you turned on the tv yeah alan the writer had in fact written for the show um at some point and uh this episode of night springs um, is one written by Alan that he ends up transported into. So he's in the, the this fictional town of, of uh, Night Springs. And there's like this, you know, Rod Serling-esque narrator talking in the background. Um, it's all very, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek in a way in terms of, you know, that, that, that sense of conveyance. Um, but, I mean, in terms of the story, I found it pretty tough to follow. Yeah. And a lot of the dialogue, <laughs> you do meet people as you go, like... Uh, there are, you know, a, a handful of people that you'll that you'll interact with who help you and who you will help um, in Night Springs, and the dialogue is just very like, come on, like you know, I mean, there there are times when I was just playing the game, and I was like, I can't believe they fucking said that. That's, <laughs> it's just too ridiculous. So I mean, the, the story wasn't quite there for me. That's fair. I mean, granted, Did there were there were some of those like really like uh, what moments in the original <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alan Wake. Barry, all of Barry, all of Barry. <laughs> but Barry was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, but yeah, the the story just 
wasn't quite there. The the atmosphere I thought was really lacking compared to the first game. Uh, but the combat and the the fight till dawn mode, especially um, that to me really saved the experience. Yeah, and it was a great game. Like that's just it. I mean, if you if you want an experience from Xbox Live Arcade, I mean it's only fifteen bucks. I mean, yeah. Considering what you're getting, this is for all intents and purposes a pretty substantial Xbox Live Arcade game. Yeah. It could have been a retail package. Yeah, it really could have been. It's nice they didn't do that to us though. Well, yeah. That would have, <laughs> yeah, been I nice. mean, from the engine, it's the same engine as Alan Wake. Like yeah. it looks good. It brings color into the experience that wasn't there originally. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm stoked. I'm gonna go home and play it sooner or later. Damon's not into it, is he? He wasn't a fan. I yeah, I don't think he liked it very much. I mean, there were some lower reviews been, out yeah. there too, in addition to what we said. Mm-hmm. And I think people were probably harder on the story because the yeah. story was such a big part of the original. Right. Um, but like you said, when you just look at it more as this arcade combat heavy thing, it turns out to be a great game. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, also out this week is uh, Azura's Wrath. Now, when was the last time you guys played this? Because I, I played it briefly a few months ago, and it felt really cool. Yeah, for the 15 minutes that I played it, but apparently, <laughs> it's you know, it, it kind of lacks substance. Is what I'm what I've been seeing about this game. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I played it at E3, and it was it was to- like I, the demo I played was really cool, but mm-hmm. like a lot of the issues raised in the review, it's a lot of watching and not a whole lot of any interaction at all. Right. It like I think Keza mentioned in her review that the game was six hours, and about two of that was actually playing. Jeez. Yeah. Four hours of cutscene. That's that's not. I want right. at least twelve hours of cutscene for sixty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a solid. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I watched that movie too. That was great. <laughs> hey, cut it out. Cut the shit. Cut it out. Stop with the Metal Gear hate. Metal Gear. <gasps> awesome. Huh? So it was. <laughs> the, I don't know if the. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't quite get there. <laughs> I don't know if the the gameplay she's mentioning is like the actually walk around and punch shit gameplay or the cinematic interaction, quick time event, match your triggers, punch your buttons thing. I hate QTEs. Oh, God, they're everywhere. Yep. They they're are. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yep. It's getting ridiculous now. But I think it's it's an interesting approach to a game, building it almost entirely around QTEs and setting up a bunch of really awesome shit. Because yeah. it, it, to me, it speaks to the same kind of approach that Uncharted <clears> takes <throat> to games, where gameplay is there, but it's mm-hmm. definitely about the spectacle. And this is just taking a far more literal approach to that philosophy, where it's yeah. it's all spectacle all the time, and you're just enabling it. So, the way I'm looking at this game is that if you went out and bought 60 bucks, you'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah, probably. However, if you have Gamefly or Blockbuster and you rent it, you're going to have a great weekend with it, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of brings up a, a different point. Like, um, you know, we've talked on this podcast a few times about, like, the place that middleware games yeah. have in this market. I mean, it's very, you know, third world in, in many respects of, like, video games can either be these huge multi-million dollar, super heavily marketed Gears of War games, these AAA high production um, affairs, or they can be these really, really, you know, tiny indie darling games but there's really not much room for anything in between. Now, do you think like maybe really trying to capitalize on the rental industry, like uh, and take advantage of of services like GameFly and and you know Blockbuster rentals? I mean, obviously Blockbuster yeah. is probably not going to be around much longer. They're having a lot of trouble with uh, my local store through a huge blowout sale, and I bought Drag Me to Hell for a dollar fifty. So did mine. My my girlfriend actually got Final Fantasy thirteen two for 
80 or no 80 <laughs> for 38 38 bucks not bad Damn. yeah like brand new i need to find one of open. these closing stores <laughs> they're, yeah, totally they're gone in canada like they're everywhere yeah there was a huge like massive shutdown of everything in the area so buddies and i would like <laughs> hop between them and go game hunting right Got, right like dragon age 2 and bayonetta for eight bucks dude nice but yeah i mean basically is that a market that uh you think publishers or developers should start really considering for these types of games these like really short experiences obviously a game like azura's wrath cost a decent amount of money yeah. to create mm-hmm. and i i'm very apprehensive to say that they're going to make that money back based on this $60 subscription or su- subscription this $60 retail model yeah um i think i don't know the trouble there is if it they're utilizing these services the services are making most of the money like they're going to get some install fee for buying x amount of copies to rent to people mm-hmm. but they're not going to make the huge profit out of it i think the smarter way to go is go like earth defense force and sell it for 40 bucks Though, on one hand, that sets off yeah. kind of a red flag. You're like, wait, why is this $40? Yeah, yeah. This well, must yeah. be shit. That's true. I mean, that, that does happen. But, I mean, even at that $40 mark, not a lot of games really perform that well sales-wise. Yeah. I mean, even if they drop that 20 bucks off and it's like, okay, well, this is what you're getting. You're getting a, a middle-of-the-ground middle, middle of the ground experience. You know, a good but not necessarily a great game. Something like Earth Defense Force yeah. or, um, you know, just pulling one out of my ass singularity i mean you remember that game that was a pretty solid game a really well made mm-hmm. game um but not really it it didn't really have the chops to compete with stuff like uh gears of war yeah or mm-hmm. halo i mean and that's those the thing are... no game that is good enough to um be noticed at a lower price and be ignored that it's this lower bargain price mm-hmm. is ever going to sell that because people are going to buy it anyways at full price right. yeah like mass effect 3 is not gonna be like oh well you know we'll get even more people to buy it if we sell it for 30 dollars yeah we're like no fuck that we're gonna make 60 dollars <laughs> off of each and every one of you yeah and there are ways to capitalize on rental services though too i mean the film industry has been doing a pretty good job of that i mean you remember when well maybe you don't i'm super old but like back when uh, VHS was was VHS oh, and Betamax and all that stuff were starting to happen. Exactly. Yeah, everyone like flipped their shit. They're like, "Oh my god, this is going to destroy the movie industry." Yeah. You know, people can just rent these movies. They're not going to go to theaters anymore. You know, this is bullshit. And they got really pissed off. But I mean, it didn't kill the film industry. You know, the it's still around kicking. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing there though, the the business model. Uh, I worked at a video store in high school in mm-hmm. the '90s. I'm looking at Mitch because he's young. Um, I was busy what they used to have school. to do when they'd buy... Um, the video store would buy VHS tapes to rent to people. Mm-hmm. But the specific kind of uh, orders they'd buy from um, movie distributors mm-hmm. would be like $80 for a VHS tape. So the distributors would still make a ton of money off selling their these VHS tapes to video yeah. stores. Um, I'm not sure to what extent that, that's changed. I'm sure it has for... Right. Um, stores now but now we see stores are closing left and right right but yeah so there was this added fee for being able to have the privilege to rent these things to people mm-hmm. and i think something similar that happened with the dvds before that crash is that you'd see like blockbuster exclusive or now you see like 30 days before netflix yep, yep. um so they're cutting these additional deals with the distributors which are probably making the distributors extra money mm-hmm. while um giving them some kind of benefit so people will come to them so i don't know if like rental services would have to pay double or some kind of additional fees to have the privilege to rent these or what it would be but i think that's the only way to make that a very viable model for people but you're right it's been it's happened for years have you guys seen on live at all like you have an android phone pete i do i uh, haven't tinkered with the on live app no 
because that yeah. model is really cool. Like you mm-hmm. can rent the game for like three days or five days or seven days or whatever, and they have different yeah. tiers. Um, and I'm pretty sure you can pay that much to rent, and then if you opt to buy it, they just subtract that from the total uh, price of the game. If you were to just buy it, I think but, yeah, I think GameFly also has some sort of yeah. uh, discount model. That's kind of cool. If you've if you've like rented a game. But for, I think I think while. that's a really cool idea. Like, if you have digital access to whatever games, like, and so, it's not a lot of new stuff. Like, Saints Row is basically day and date, very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you could just rent that for five bucks or whatever. Play yeah. for three days, play for the weekend, get what you need, or get it again. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing that's going to need to happen and where it will change is we're going to get to this uh, digital heavy model. I, I mean, I'll say digital only, but even if it's just digital heavy, yeah. Steam has proven that people will just throw their money at shit if there's a sale. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 30% I mean, off? Give me it. <laughs> if Games on Demand literally was like 50% off for you know a couple days, here's a relatively new title you may have missed, mm-hmm. it, they're yeah. going to sell a ton of games that way. Totally. Um, so as long as the availability of games is there and the surprising kind of out of the blue and exciting sales are there, or like, yeah. what is it? The steam Christmas sale every year. People are like, Oh my God, I'm so broke. I oh, spent yeah. so much money. Uh-huh. They're like bragging about how much money they just blew on <laughs> games. They're never going to play. It's like if our, if these other services, if Xbox can do that, awesome. I will yeah. buy games digitally that way. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what we're going to start seeing. I mean, I think it's a, a cross between, you know, what Mitch was saying about the, uh, on live model where you can, you know, rent a game via streaming um, you know, that, that's basically on-demand gaming. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. like a like a video on-demand service from you know Directv or whoever. Yeah, you know, it just applied to to a gaming platform. But let's say like Azura's Wrath hits games on demand in the next month, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden ha. there's an announcement. I know exactly. But then there's <laughs> an announcement like, oh, this weekend only Azura's Wrath fifty percent off. I'd be like, I'm maybe I'll check that out. Yeah. I mean, big maybe, but yeah, I'm just saying there will be games will be like, shit, I'll pick that up in a second. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, know. they're not there yet. I mean, I know games in demand were nowhere near that day and date sort of thing, but right, the future we will be shortly. I mean, the what are they doing with the Vita? It's basically day and date in yeah. terms of yeah. PSN. And Mass Effect Three retail. is on PSN. You can pre-order it now. Yep, and then just have it when it launches on the sixth. Absolutely, but really. Why play it on a system that didn't have Mass Effect 1? Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. My shepherd's got a history. I know what a Saren is. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> What's a Saren? It's a Saron. Oh, man. I'm a, God, I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah, if you guys yeah. didn't check it out, Destin, uh, who is a huge Mass Effect guy, he knows every little detail about that. Man. He and I put together a Rewind Theater based on that CG trailer where I waxed poetic about like Fibonacci numbers and <laughs> shit like that. And he just actually said the facts of what we're looking at. <laughs> the golden um, It got me super excited. I can't wait to play that. Awesome. Yep. And it, now it's like within reach almost. Yeah, well, we oh, saw man. a boxed copy. We saw one. What? No. We saw Shh. one. I don't know how much we can say about that, but yeah. we did see one. We're yes. also going to send Pete to space. Yeah, so we are. I have those. my space suit. I will be heading out there to try and <laughs> capture one of these copies that was sent into space. No, we literally are sending someone from the video team to go try and get a copy after well, they launch it. I rather like the idea of sending Pete up to space. Me too. I do too. So then, like, Let's, you know, when he, you know, gets lowered to Earth, and if whoever catches Pete, just bring him back to the IGN <laughs> office and just return me home, please. We'll give you we'll give you a sack of candy, yeah, or something, whatever mm-hmm. spare games and Some stuff. Jolly we have Ranchers. Our yep. It's <laughs> awesome. I'm excited for that. All right, guys. Also launching this week was Syndicate. Oh man, yeah, I've heard of that. I spent a lot of time <laughs> with Syndicate lately. Boy, did you? Did. you. Tell us and about it. It's my my take here. It's it's a really really good game. 
Good, not great. And the reason is, it's one of those games where I had to go back to our review scale, which you, is all readily available to every little every one of you out there watching. If you look at our score box in our review, click you're to see that. You're watching this. I if want you're, some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I'm on a video podcast right now, streaming live to myself. Um, you can click boxes. on the IGN reviews guide and read the definition of what every single number means. And the gap between 7.5 and 8 is that 8 your base it's a great game and you think everybody should go out and buy it mm-hmm. 7.5 is you're still going to recommend it maybe it has a few problems but it's a really good game we had fun with it uh and i'm going to tell people to go play it and that's exactly what i'm doing with syndicate it's parts of it are so awesome and so much fun but there's enough of it that's just like okay no we've done we, i've done this before <laughs> like by the 20th door where you're jamming x to like unstick a door with the same animation seriously you're, You're superhuman in every other aspect of and that every game, door but you can't is stuck. Open a Why does the future door? have so many stuck doors? Just kick the goddamn thing in with yeah. your robot legs. Robot legs. There's not really robot legs. No, no. Well, it's screw not that. Deus Ex. Um, oh, that's it's right. really good though. Like it's a beautiful looking game. Like Starbreeze nailed the graphics. They look amazing throughout. Um, and the co-op is super fun. It's like Left for Dead, where there's a set amount of levels and uh, set things you need to do so you work together with a team of four and you go in there and you're getting points for headshots for healing each other for breaching different things and just the way you're playing and then you're all thrown up on a leaderboard and you rank up and you unlock new skills and there's even more skills in co-op than there are in the single player which means there's a ton of replayability and it's kind of hilarious like there's nine nine levels and every single one of them says recommended number of players Mm -hmm. and you can go into a match alone you can go in there and be like, I'm going to play this level right now. But every single map says recommended players four. And if you go in one, one person, you're just going to get your ass kicked. You can make it through mm-hmm. a few guys. You'll be okay. But once you start getting the heavily armored guys that you need to breach through their armor and take off multiple levels of life, you're dead. Two players, uh, Mike Nelson from GameSpy and I, we were mm-hmm. playing on PC. Uh, we made it through a couple levels with two of us. Oh, Damn. Nice. It took a lot of restarts. Luckily, there's a few checkpoints through every <clears> level, but we got wiped a ton of times, and we're pretty frustrated, but we finally pulled through. Nice. And then um, once the servers opened up before the review went up, I was playing a bunch over the weekend with people, and when you have a team of four, it's just super fun because you can uh, heal each other. You can, um, I don't know, it's kind of this super competitive thing where, like, oh, man, player three just jumped ahead of me in points. i got to get some more headshots. And it's super fun in that way. It'll keep you going to do it again and again. Mm-hmm. And, like, we were having trouble on normal difficulty on some levels, and it goes up to hard, and once you beat it on hard, then you unlock expert, which I, you know, I didn't make it up to, but that's the thing. Like, you got to get pretty good to do, get up to that point. So Syndicate's really good. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the, sh- the gunplay's good. There's a good variety of weapons that are fun to um, kill people with. I know, Steve, you pointed out, and it's true, like, it's tough to get headshots. These future sh- soldiers have, are heavily armored. Yeah. So even if and you're popping off like headshots, big depending faces. on your gun... You're not, they're like not always going to go foot down. Of concrete around their head <laughs> at any point. But I really like, and what I uh, was alluding to in the review, too, is when it's doing all its innovation right. It's when you're breaching and you're in this dart mode where you can see through walls and see what people are doing. And you're using your skills like moving pawns on a chessboard to be a little bit cliche. Um, <laughs> You're, like, telling this guy next to this group to kill himself and blow everyone up around him. You're uh, stunning another guy and the guy next to him using a different skill. And you almost don't have to pull out your own gun when you're doing these, like, puppet master-style moves on the play area. But then in the single-player campaign, there's, like, three of the levels with the most enemies take away most of your skills because you're malfunctioning and damaged in this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the skills are a little bit similar, to be fair, like... 
the suicide where a guy blows himself up is pretty similar to the one where the guy's going to shoot the guys around him and then kill himself. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, same effect in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, it's a good game. I'm going to recommend it. If you love shooters, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. And good. don't by any means take a 7.5 as bad. That yeah, means a lot of people read are. the words. If you agree with what I said, then maybe, yeah, you wouldn't like it the same things. But I'm still recommending it. I think Syndicate's a lot of fun. I'm going to keep on playing co-op. Like, I'm going to keep playing it. Yeah, we'll have to Great. do that. Yeah. I, I bailed on the campaign pretty early. I don't know if I'm going to go back. Yeah. No? It's no. It's short. There's, really? It is. That, well, that's the thing. I played it uh, a week and a half ago. I finished my first playthrough, and I was really frustrated with some of the bosses because the timing's a little oh, bit ridiculous seriously. what you have to do. They're all so awful. Like, they're just bad bosses. Yeah. The first one is Shredder from Ninja, Ninja Turtles 2. <laughs> that game is 30 years old. How is that it's bad? Not, it's not Shredder. It's, it's not, not actually Shredder. No, okay. like, you attack him and he rat. turns into, like, three dudes. And then you have to kill all of the guys before he reforms. Into one, uh-huh. yeah. But all of his fake forms can kill you. Yeah. Oh, man. It's really goofy. You have to spend most of your time in the dart mode, which is the slow motion mode, yeah. to actually get your shots off right. Huh. It's a pretty tough fight. Then there's one where like uh, you have to breach these missiles, and when you breach a missile coming at your head, it turns around and shoots back at the guy, and oh, you're almost awesome. like... It's almost like you're throwing a ball back and forth, but then he'll start shooting up five missiles at a time. And you have to get him to land on this particular platform and then hit that platform with a missile and then breach something to overload it. Hmm. Then there's another boss that's just camouflaged and invisible. Oh, good. And he can barely <laughs> hurt you. So the only difficult part about this boss fight is finding the motherfucker. Because he's camouflaged. You can't see him. You can only see him sometimes in dart when <laughs> you hit him with like an EMP grenade and then he'll be in dart for a minute. And then you just see weird outlines and you have to hit it the right amount oh, of time. Jeez. The final boss is just ridiculous because there's actually three people involved i won't spoil it for everyone but the timing and like specific way you have to go about it is pretty annoying check out strategize this week i actually captured video of doing it the right way nice um so you'll be able to learn and get an achievement out of it yeah so bosses are pretty dumb i played it through a second time and i did it super fast it was like (laughs) no time at all i beat that game it's probably four hours a second time through oh geez four or five hours so pretty cool. Pretty did, uh, short. Did yeah. you play it, Steven, at all? I've played just a little bit, not much. Okay, yeah, I didn't play much either. But yeah, I think I got maybe 10 minutes in, oh, into the no, campaign okay. before I, I had to go somewhere I else. I definitely yeah. played more than that. Yeah. Um, so you played that the, the <clears throat> intro sequence, like where you wake up in the chair. Right, so, with Rosario Dawson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where she shows up. Brian Cox. The, something like in hindsight, now that I'm past that part, because it's a really cool intro where you bust out of this chair and fight your way back to a place and mm-hmm. you... They find out it was like a test yeah. or something, and then it's a, it's a really cool fast paced intro that teaches you all the basics of combat. But looking back, I really feel like that was a blown opportunity, especially in a Starbreeze game mm-hmm. where you have this amazing setting, and that particular scene is like totally Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. you're outside, everything is neon, Definitely. everything is well lit, but it's also this like really slummy, shitty street mm-hmm. that you're in, and. I feel like they could have explored the universe so much better in that's an introduction true. rather than just have you blast through it and not pay attention. Yeah. And I feel like that's the mentality throughout the what I've played of the game is that you are constantly just pushing through everything rather than taking in this world, which I think was the, the only strength of Deus Ex hmm. was that it was always putting you out in the streets or right. yeah. out in the world to, to take it all in. There was, a, there was fiction there that you wanted to be a part of. And you wanted to see parts of the world and the people and the graffiti on the walls. And uh, there was just so much shit everywhere that you could see and just take in. Yeah, that's definitely see what you mean. Does not of, exist. This is your you mission take. in this level. Go do it. Yeah. And then that's it. Even the slower parts are immediately like broken up where, well, we were hanging out and talking and 
you know, <laughs> it, doing star breezy stuff where it's slow paced, yeah. but then it's it's just gone. Like it's weird because the Darkness Two is a better star breeze game than the Star Breeze game, and it wasn't made by Star Breeze. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So yeah. So I mean, you're, what you're saying then, Mitch, is that you can't sit down with Rosario Dawson and watch a John Wayne movie on the right. couch. Basically, I wanted this game to be boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was too exciting. That was, I've said it before, but that was my favorite part of yeah. the original Darkness. was when you could sit on the couch and watch this, What other game tells you happy birthday? Yeah. Entire levels so where you're just kind of watching. Mm-hmm. There's one where you have to kind of follow a guy, but it's mainly this lead-on thing. And then there's parts where you just watch a scene through a security camera that you've hacked into. Right. And you're just kind of sitting and hearing things out. But that's it. Yeah, you don't explore much further than that. Which is interesting, too, because yeah. there's a missed opportunity in that the original syndicate was about these open cities and how you go from point A to point B and yeah. use the buildings and vehicles and things in the each level to your advantage. They definitely could have made some bigger outdoor areas. And even, even though the co-op levels are based on the exact mission parameters of the original syndicate, oh, that's cool. um, they could have gone further with that. I think, I forget who, where I was reading recently or somebody was talking about like this... Um, parade in the original syndicate oh, that was where you, scooter yeah where yeah you have to go um and you have to assassinate someone in this parade so you can either go in and try to like snipe him from a little bit of a distance but he just mm-hmm. pulled out rocket launchers and started blowing <laughs> up this entire parade and he wow. beat the level because he just killed everyone in his way yeah that flexibility just doesn't exist yeah something. there's no flexibility i mean the only flexibility they tried to pull off was using the breach skills right. Right. but like we said it's a little bit um shallow in that they're very mm-hmm. similar and while cool in essence i just don't think they went far enough i'm pretty into the whole doing something new with an old with like a classic yeah. game and doing something new with it in a di- totally different genre totally like it worked really well for fallout a game i don't really care about but i recognize like hey that was awesome like yeah they good did job, guys. really good job with that not for me but wow goddamn, this is impressive yeah but syndicate is not that i don't look at that and think okay this was a kind of a bad syndicate game and b just kind of a it's a good shooter yeah. but i don't care about it at all i'm i'm excited to play co-op but mm-hmm. i really don't care about that game's universe at all or felt i never felt any reason to keep playing hmm. yeah i don't know that's my my whole thing like yes i gave it a 7.5 which is very clearly good yep. on our scale yeah yeah you love it but i want you guys to play this game there's a good chance you if you, out there listening if you rated it you might give it a nine you might fucking love it think it's the best shooter that you've seen in a long time mm-hmm. um but i stand very much by the things i found wrong with it and with what worked and seven five don't worry about it go try it for yourself <laughs> yeah and that was a good review you nailed it Thank there's you. a lot of good criticisms in there and you addressed a lot of stuff that i think went uh, a lot of other places did not yeah, yeah. if you're curious take a look at it again. or yep. take a look anyways because i enjoy that game game's good now is there a is there a demo available there is it's a co-op only demo oh okay so you're gonna actually get access to the very first level of the co-op they call it a campaign but they're all very disjointed it's literally Mm -hmm. like okay you work for this corporation they're telling you to go do this in some part of the world and then you go do it there's no like story there it's like i called it like a day in the life of an agent go do your job you know kill these guys that sort of thing so uh there's probably still a pretty strong community of people in the demo who maybe haven't jumped ship and gotten the full game yet so give it a try um see what you think make sure you work together and heal your team when i went um right before i got the review copy i was playing the demo and people don't heal each other there's just people running in the open dead bodies everywhere and you can um re- it's called rebooting which is reviving each other to like reboot you reboot boot each other heal each other you can heal each other from across the entire map as long as there's a line of sight <laughs> so pay attention to how much life your team has um 
there's a great skill in the real full game where you can squad heal. Where if you notice your whole team's getting slaughtered, you can just heal everybody from afar. It's well, kind of badass. Nice. You're like a space sci-fi future wizard. Yeah. Satellite heal. Satellite heal. Give it a try. It's fun. Definitely Especially if you like Left 4 Dead, you're going to see some of that in there without <clears throat> the zombies. Cool. Sorry. Yeah. Corporate zombies. Corporate. Yeah. <laughs> the man. Metaphor the man. man. That's what you're going to see. Take him <laughs> on, yeah? <laughs> All right. Uh, also available this week is the Modern Warfare 3 um, Elite Premium Map Content. Overwatch. Content drop. Content drop number three. Now, I just have to say... Uh, it's awesome. Xbox 360 has the exclusive window on all this stuff. Right. But man, what a raw deal! If you own a PlayStation, the if you play Modern Warfare on PlayStation or PC, mm-hmm. you paid fifty bucks for an elite membership for the year. Right. You don't even have the first new map pack that they released last month. Still. Yeah, Still. I, they're on the third. I don't I get know. that. Wow. It comes out next week for PlayStation 3. Ooh, finally. So I don't know. I'm curious. Are you guys out there listening? Are any of you premium members? If so, why did you join? I'm curious to know. I mean, it's a great deal if you're going to buy all the DLC anyways. And yeah. that's what they're yeah. selling it on. They're like, well, you're going to get the DLC free anyways. Why not? Well, we have that Rob goofy Riggle. dude in front of all of our videos. Yeah. yeah. He's a pretty funny dude. But um, yeah, we got one new map. It's Overwatch. It's basically hard hat from the current rotation of Modern Warfare 3 maps, Mm -hmm. but put on top of a building, which is like uh, Modern Warfare 2's uh, high-rise. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So it's a mashup of those two maps. It looks really good. It's like sunset. You can see Statue of Liberty. New York's on fire. You can see (laughs) some of the the boats sinking in the harbor, like from the campaign sort of thing. it's happening during Mm -hmm. that mission. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, there's just these crazy line of sights in this... um, I noticed, which obviously Modern Warfare 3, or Modern Warfare has a problem with, is spawning. Like, you can, if you spawn right next to an enemy or something, it yep. sucks. I noticed that <laughs> happening a lot in this map, actually. Like, I'll, every other time I spawned, I could see someone's head pop, popping up somewhere. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Right from the get-go. But that's mainly because this level's so open, and there's two levels, multiple staircases, hiding spots, and lots of places to get shot from. There's this one kind of sky bridge in the middle of the level where there's at least eight points of entry, where there could be a sniper in one of, you know, eight to 12 different spots right. just trying to take your head off. Dangerous. Don't go in there. So it's frantic, this map. It's uh-huh. quick. Um, until you get your a hang of where everything is and how to get around, you're probably going to get shot a lot. I did. There's a video of me getting a shot a lot, actually. Tina and I did a little commentary yeah, video yeah. Um, showing off the level what it looks like yesterday. Yeah, I saw that video. Um, the one thing that I kind of took away from it, the map reminds me a lot of like a really, like an old Unreal Tournament map. I, yeah, it's or very like, or like a, close quarters. Like Quake 3. Yeah. Like it's just that kind of, you know, multi-layered and everything's pretty open like you can see in either direction. Yeah. Yeah. Seemed very like frantic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yep. good. I mean, it, you already—if you have premium, you probably already downloaded the thing. So I'll, I'll see you on there sooner or later. How does I this, keep trying uh, to chip away at Modern Warfare. Like I'm <laughs> not that far, and like obviously the people who woo—I um, got—I had the hardened edition of it, mm-hmm. um, so I got free access to premium for a year. Yeah, um, but most of the people who paid are pretty hardcore, so they've prestiged multiple times, like. It's funny when I go into a lobby because I'm still I didn't even prestige once yet I'm still pretty low just because time commitment all You're that like business. Level twelve. Man. No, I'm thirty five, but still not that great. Uh, but it's hilarious to see my like first run logo of thirty five next to all these like amazing decorated war <laughs> veterans. Gold like, eagle. Guys, hi. Sorry, sorry I died there. Sorry. <laughs> So in terms of the other two content drops, I mean, you played, yeah, I played all of them pretty substantially. I did, actually, because we did a bunch of videos on the originals, too, in that live stream. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want to say mainly because I, I think I'm getting a resuscitated feeling towards uh, arena shooters. I might yeah. like this new one the best just because okay. it's frantic, it's nice. fast, um, and it's fun. I don't nice. know. Cool. I'm curious to see when they're finally going to announce for anyone who's not a member um, when you guys can download the pack as just a DLC pack when of peasants a map like pack. me have access. Yeah, when <laughs> peasants like you. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. There's this big push towards this subscription model, so maybe, mm-hmm. maybe never. Who knows? That's weird. Yeah. But yeah, that would be a good way to say, well, you better buy it next time. Better, Otherwise, you won't you even better get these hop on the train. <laughs> Elite has, what, nine months of content, did they say? Yeah. Yeah, through, through September. September. Guess we know when the next Call of Duty's coming out. <laughs> I yeah. know. Give I or take. I feel like we've heard of a few things. Like, they're starting to announce some fall release dates. Like, we just heard Borderlands yeah. 2. Resident Evil. Are you guys excited by that trailer? Dude, that yeah. trailer is It's true. Like, awesome. don't get excited by trailers, but this is an exciting trailer. <clears throat> it's so good. It's, trailers it's all ruin gameplay. It. Exactly. That's one thing that's good about it. All gameplay and dubstep. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> weird <laughs> thing about that trailer, though, is that I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast caught the Armored Core 5 trailer that released, I think, last week or the week before, <laughs> but it's the same fucking song. Like, it's, it's uh, Doomsday by Nero, yeah. who's a, a dubstep artiste. And yeah, it's the same huh. song. Everyone's freaking out. Oh, the song's awesome. I love <laughs> which, that song. Which trailer's better? Which trailer's better? Ooh, that's harsh. Yeah. I'd have to give it to Borderlands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't there get me wrong. There were giant robots in the Borderlands trailer. So it even had that going for it. There were, there were tiny robots. What I like? Claptrap. Yeah. Busting a move. No, that's pretty were, awesome. They were big robots, man. There's some huge robots. That motherfucker that drops in from the mountain or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. What oh, I yeah. like about this one, uh, for the look of the new Borderlands, because before this, we've seen like a 30-second teaser of the gun zerker. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just pulling his guns out and shooting a few things. <clears throat> this, like, Borderlands 2 looks like it has totally embraced its art style. Like, mm-hmm. I remember before Borderlands came out, I was like, wait, what is that? Is it cel-shaded? What are they doing here? Yeah. That sort of thing. And, like, it was, like, all very much desert borderlands was mm-hmm. which yeah. is all fine and good but now that there's more environments there's more color in the whole thing and it just it looks so good it does i'm pretty excited to get yep. some hands-on time with this thing i'm high on my list yeah but i still have to i'm still trying to work my way through all of the dlc for uh the original, original? Yeah. yeah really i never i Moxie, never got through Moxie's in the new trailer for like yeah. four frames damn it Fuck, so, i better i better get going you better gotta, get cracking on that stuff yeah I, I need to finish it actually i never finished the first one can you really? believe it I can, because there's that ending. <laughs> that ending, dude. That ending. It's pretty gnarly. All right, guys. Let's move on to some email. Yep. Yeah. Email. Email. There you go. Guys. We need something new. I mean, we'll have Casey from time we'll to time. We'll leave that for but Casey. Yeah. We'll leave that for him. Email. Email. Wow, Pete. You have a beautiful voice. That wasn't me. That was Wait, you. what? Don't blame me for that. <laughs> me? For that song of the angels. For those, for those dulcet tones. <laughs> All right. Byron says... I live in Australia, and our EB Games has a seven-day return policy, so you can buy, and if you finish, don't lo- if you finish slash don't like the game, you can return it within seven days and get a full refund. Question: If the 720 lets the same disc or keeps the same disc from being used twice, what happens to this and other returns? I.e., Christmas, little Jimmy got Forza Four and wanted Gears Three and can't return it because the disc is locked. You're fucked. It's a pretty simple answer, yeah, sure, and PC games have been doing it for years. You mm-hmm. just, if it's a digital product like that, something you can copy the files and all that, like you just can't return it. 
Yeah. yeah. And Steam, you can't return Steam games. You nope. can't return, you just can't return digital downloads. When you buy StarCraft. And that's or, what it's going to be. Uh, I think, wow, now you get a digital installer with it. Yeah. Like when you install it, it's just yeah. like, hey, now you can sync it to your Blizzard profile. Yeah. And now it's available for you to download at all times, but you can't do anything with it. Yeah. Now that's that's yours. It's locked to you. And though the the upside is, in your example where little Jimmy got Forza 4 and wanted Gears 3, um, if you got Forza 4 in a present form, it's most likely going to be like a, a package you can return somewhere. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't open it. Yeah, like exactly. If, he, if you yeah. don't redeem these co- redemption codes, if you don't yeah. take off the uh, shrink wrap, then you should still be able to exchange it in that regard. We have we had something like this in Canada. I don't know if it applies here at the GameStop. Um might, might have been like an EB Games only thing, but mm-hmm. we had that too. If it, like if you bought something and you're like, oh, this is garbage. I'm just going to take back Duke Nukem Forever and get something else. <laughs> like you could just trade it back, get $60 credit. Mm-hmm. Would, nice. or, and you would just apply it to whatever you wanted. And you could do this infinitely. Like they yeah. encouraged it. So they would just get these used copies to put back on the shelf, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I, it, you'd be screwed. You couldn't do that anymore if they locked it out, is the sad, simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of. I mean, the the example you give, you live in, in Australia and your EB Games has a seven-day return policy, so if you finish a game or you don't like it, you can just take it back and get a new one. That's kind of exactly what they're trying to curtail <laughs> exactly. with, yeah. with this whole no-use games thing. I mean, they, you know, if somebody plays their game, they want to be reimbursed for it. They want to be paid for it. I mean, yeah. they put all this time and effort and money into, you know, these production and marketing costs for these games, and... You know, if they're not seeing any money for that, then it stops becoming a viable model, and yep. they have to stop making games. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the the long and the short of it is is that that's what they don't want. They want people to buy their games, and they you know want to have that money so they can go on to make more games. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider that to be you know nefarious. No, it's no. not by any means. It's it's just the it's it's a business, and it's the model that they're trying to use. And, you know, the long or the short of it is that uh, used game sales are definitely, you know, a, a threat to that model because this is money that they could otherwise have been seeing that they're that they're just not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's going to be like PC games where yeah. once you open the jewel case of a 1992 copy of EcoQuest, <laughs> Secret of the Lost Rainforest, you can't bring that shit back. This is uh, this comes from experience. This so. actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I don't know if I got the year right. Probably close though. Yeah, I, I think you're close. right on it. You're right on it. That was a Sierra game. Man, wasn't I love it? Sierra. Sierra, oh, they're so good. Yeah. Was that Sierra or Dynamics? No, that was Sierra. It was Sierra proper. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. It's these little so things young. called point and click adventures. That might have been mm. text adventures. Till we have to be like get. Toucan, <laughs> or whatever the eco rainforest thing you were trying to save at the time was. No, I think. Or Zork, you just say north, south, <laughs> west. I think get Open toucan mailbox. is a pretty no, uh, noble goal. <laughs> I think I think EcoQuest two actually it was by that time mouse powered. But man, I grew up on King's Quest, Space Quest, mm-hmm. Police Quest, where you had to be like oh open door. I'm so awful. Dude, you are. You are my heart is just like pounding right now. Yeah. So excited. you want me to go? I love those. Old I'll give games. you guys a moment. Yeah, we need we if need a moment. Yeah. If you Sometimes could. Sometimes when we touch. <laughs> there you go, Pete, singing again. Ah, Roger Wilco. Um, but yeah, I mean, Byron, the great thing is, though, this age, more than any other time in human history, is a communication age. You can find game reviews, watch videos, talk to users, go to forums. You can find out anything 
on any game that you want. Like, demos? Yeah. Upon demos, upon the time that the, a game is released, you can find out pretty much anything you want to know about it. Does it suck? Is it great? Why? Like, you can look all that stuff up. So you don't have to worry about being, you know, little Jimmy on Christmas morning, just <laughs> bawling your eyes out because you got Forza and you wanted Gears. Like, Forza's pretty good, though, Jimmy. Yeah. Little Jimmy. That's true. I mean, you can, it, it's so much easier now to make an informed decision on what you buy games-wise yeah. than it's ever been. So, you know, just remember that. And and let that be your strength as a consumer. If there's a game that you hear sucks and, you know, you find out some very valid reasons and why it sucks, then don't buy it. Yep. And that will that will speak louder than, you know, just trading it back in an EB and grabbing something else. Yep. Alex says, <clears throat> hey, guys, just a quick question. I was thinking of picking up Syndicate because the style of gameplay really interests me. Unfortunately, I live in Australia, so I'm going to have to import it. My question is, so many Aussies. Yeah, yeah it's Aussie kind of day. Awesome. My question is, is the game really violent enough to warrant it being banned in Oz? From the footage I've seen, it doesn't really seem to be that bad. That's a tough call. I feel like the Australian ratings board is a little bit... Sometimes they jump down on something, sometimes they let things through. At least from what I've heard. I know there's a big kerfuffle over uh, Left 4 Dead, right? Right, yeah. Was that the one where they literally changed the animations to remove the blood out of all that? I think it might have been. Uh, they made like, remove Something the dismemberment. They also yeah. changed the box art, so instead of, like, the... Oh, the, the hand. Up yeah. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, Syndicate is actually pretty violent. Like, you get more of the tech, like, high-tech overlay, you know, fluorescent orange guys getting shot in a lot of the trailers. But when you're actually playing the game, there's moments where, like, you kill a boss and you take the chip from their head. And mm -hmm. to do that, you take this device... <laughs> Uh, it looks kind of like an ice pick, and you jam it into their ear or their eye or some point in their mm -hmm. head, and then these wires come out of it. Uh, you see this in X-ray. Go into their head and pull these chips out. Um, I mean, the most violent aspect of that is when he first jams the tool into it, because after that, it turns to an X-ray. But then also, like, when you pick up a gun like the minigun, when you unleash fire on enemies, it will literally chop them in half. Like, you will separate their torso using bullets. Ooh. Yeah, Justin Davis had popped gruesome. over to your desk to see what Syndicate was like, and I <laughs> yeah. just heard him cackling. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I found a shotgun, and I'm just shooting corpses and turning them into pieces. Oh, yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, <laughs> Even though... Um, I was trying to say a little bit vague without spoiling the whole arc of the story, mm -hmm. um, that you kind of become a good guy. I mean, I'm, that's not a huge spoiler. But throughout the game, you can just walk up to civilians and snap their necks or stomp on their face. <laughs> you no can reason. kill hobos for no reason. Yeah. Um, oh, my. Yeah. And I mean, that's it, too. Like, the melee uh, attacks are pretty gruesome. You either grab someone and snap their head to the side, or you shove them over and stomp on their face. Yeah, like, the second kill in that game, I was like, I walked up to this hobo. They're like, what are you doing, guy? And, and it says, press right stick yeah, to press execute. Right stick. I'm like, uh, okay, I, I need to figure out how to play this game. And I, like, curb stomped it. <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> I meant to back. give you some soup. Yeah. Where's what my gift change that? button? <laughs> yeah. So well, it's pretty violent. Yeah. Um, so I can see, on one hand, if the Australian rating board got the worst of it, they're definitely mm -hmm. going to ban that. Should he import it, though? Um, if you love shooters and like what you've seen so far, yeah, you're probably going to enjoy it. And if, as long as... I don't know how it works with imported games, but if you're able to play co-op with um, people who have the game elsewhere in the world, then yeah, definitely mm -hmm. go for Should it. Should be able to. Yeah, you'll have some fun with it. I, yeah, I read Alex's uh, question, and one thing that I thought, just in my brief time playing Syndicate, um, really brief, as you guys heard on this podcast, um, 
the one thing that I thought the the Australian ratings board might take issue with is the whole suicide mechanic. That's a good I mean, point. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a pretty big deal um, for a lot of countries and a lot of governments. You know, they you know tend to. It's a pretty like hush hush taboo oh. topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can affect your enemy's brains and make them you know commit suicide by like pulling a grenade pin. Or You're right. That's probably exactly up. why it's banned. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Because yeah, they'll. Um, they start grabbing their head like they have a headache. Then they pull out what looks like a grenade detonator, and they just blow themselves up. It's right. almost like yep. a suicide. Well, it's a suicide bombing. Yep. Yep. Um, or alternatively, if you use the persuade function on them, they'll shoot all of their friends and then put the gun to their own head and shoot themselves. Well, the, the first time they shoot the the hostage or the prisoner they have too. Yeah. Like he yeah. accidentally kills. He that kills guy. everybody. Um, so that you're right. That's exactly why it's banned. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah, is it's, interesting because it's, it's pretty uh, creepy. Fun Call of Duty see. fact. Uh, when I went to the Call of Duty XP thing in L.A. last year, mm. when they were announcing stuff about Modern Warfare 3, there was a panel about Black Ops, and they literally had a skill in that where if you were downed for, like, a last stand, we you know where you're on your back firing away with your pistol, mm-hmm. they had initially programmed in a kill-yourself mechanics. They had that in, too. Or one and two, I think. You just hold the X button in. Oh, well, no. Oh, wait, no. What they took out was the actual animation of putting a gun to your throat yeah, and yeah. shooting yourself in the head yeah because you just like you hold x and you just fall over dead yeah but there was a like apparently very elaborate animation huh. of killing yourself that they yeah. ended up cutting from the game just because it was like too like oh holy shit <laughs> <laughs> like i can't <laughs> believe they're doing that sensitive topic yeah that's uh, i don't know it's, that's it's just creepy that's exactly why syndicate is banned okay but if cool. you like the style if you love shooters and you know if you love read some of the reviews read what themselves. i wrote read what some other places wrote and if you think you can get down with that i say check it out because I know sure. importing is probably more expensive too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. We don't want to waste your hard-earned Australian dollars. Indeed. Aussie bucks. Aussie bucks. Aaron says it seems like game producers have an intense hate for the used video game market. Uh, more specifically, GameStop. What doesn't make sense to me is why GameStop always seems to have the most exclusive content for all new releases. Why don't producers set up some sort of DLC embargo until a mutually amicable agreement can be met? It's not as if gamers are unable to purchase new titles elsewhere. I, for one, prefer Amazon. It's true that they don't always get great pre-order DLC, but a $10 to $20 store credit more than makes up for it. Plus, release day shipping ensures that the game is waiting for me when I get home from work. Yeah. That's a funny... I've never put those things together, really. (laughs) It's this love-hate relationship that uh, publishers have with GameStop. Because it's totally in their favor to set up these exclusive DLC deals, because GameStop's Mm going to pay them for that privilege to offer this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's all on new products, new sealed retail games, which the publisher is making money off of that and Mm -hmm. the bonus whatever deal they set up for the dlc but then on that other hand gamestop knocked five dollars off the price and is selling used copies that's where they kind of get fucked by the whole thing yeah yeah it is it's definitely this whole double-edged sword of of dealing with gamestop i mean it's hugely important for for publishers you know in this current model that we're living in um that you know day one sales be massive yeah i mean whether or not it's to satisfy you know, your board of investors and, and people who own stock in your company or, or you know, just for your bottom line, basically, of ensuring that everyone's going to pay this the $60 premium to get the game right when it comes out. Yeah. And also, you know, it, it also dictates how many more shipments of a game you're going to allot because when a game comes out, it, you know, it ships in waves. Like, there's this first wave of shipments that come out and then, you know, a somewhat less second wave and then so on and so on until it peters out until a game becomes hey. out of print. 
Oh, sorry. I don't. I don't until like that it, Until it James it is out. out. Until it, it pulls, mitches it out. Pulls a mitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I always find that a funny expression. Sorry. Carry no on. worries. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, that's pretty much that day one investment is what dictates a game's lifespan. Yeah. I mean, a game has to sell extremely well, and the way for for publishers to know how many of these games that they're actually shipping out, you know, for the for the lifespan of the product, basically, is from these day one pre-orders. Like, the more people that are like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm willing to put down my money before it's even out so I can go pick it up the day it's available. Like, that, that's hugely important to them. Mm-hmm. And that's why they have these deals in place of like, okay, well, if you pre-order the game and, you know, express your interest and basically guarantee that you're going to buy it right when it comes out, um, then we'll give you, you know, this gun or, yeah. or whatever, you know, this, this skin pack or this exclusive bit of DLC. Like, it's becoming a lot more competitive um, in terms of who gets these, these uh, shipments of games. And, uh, you know, these pre-order incentives are a huge indicator of that. Like, um, and, and GameStop, I mean, they're, they, they are pretty much the kings of pre-orders. I mean, yeah. you, walk, you set foot in a GameStop and some guy's running down your goddamn throat <laughs> yeah. asking you if you want to, you know pre-order the latest sims pets or whatever the fuck <laughs> like it's that that's their that's their model i mean yeah. if if you sales are important to gamestop then you know a, a pretty close second are pre-orders mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i i used to work at one so i i know you all about this down people's throats i have you're that guy it's pretty awful <laughs> i um, knew i knew you from somewhere <laughs> it's a it's a it's a pretty that's why i own sims 2 nightlife yeah dick well, yeah, it's it's a pretty it, it's a pretty you know shitty situation to be in as a as a salesman. But on the same token, it's also like, well, this is such a huge part of their business. Yeah, they absolutely need GameStop. They do. So if they can incentivize you to buy new with exclusives at GameStop, yep. then so much better for them. They can, exactly. They can't because they can't discourage or they can discourage, but they can't prevent used sales. Mm-hmm. So the best they can do is provide incentives for you to not either sell your game back or to encourage you to buy it new. Right, and this is you know, it's a small steps toward that, like an online pass. Yeah, it it totally is, and I mean you know, GameStop is is the king of pre-orders because a they do it. I yeah. mean, a lot a lot of places do, or at least did when GameStop started, and you know, b it's five dollars. It's five dollars <laughs> towards the cost of the game. That's all they need to say, okay, this is how many copies we need shipped because we have this many pre-orders. Yep, and you know, you want to satisfy just walk-in customers as well. And, um, yeah, like, um, uh, Amazon, on the other hand, you know, they, they do have some pretty aggressive sales on their games and they, they do offer you really awesome shit. Like the credits. Yeah. Yeah. The credits are great. I love that. You know, you get 10 or 20 bucks back if you pre-order a game and, uh, you know, you get that on shipping, which is smart on their part. So like, you can't just back out at the last moment and still have, you know, 10 or $20 credit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But the one thing where their model kind of runs into trouble is that you have to pay in full for what you want. Yeah, Yeah. you have to pay all of it. You can't just say, oh, I'll put in five bucks here and make it like a layaway program where I put five bucks here, 30 bucks here. You know, when I get paid, I'm going to go into GameStop and pay off this game. Yeah. Like, you can't do that at Amazon. You have to like, okay, well, drop in your 60 bucks, you get the game when it comes out. So, I mean, that might explain kind of why why Amazon's pre-orders aren't quite where GameStops are, and conversely, why their pre-order deals aren't quite where yeah. GameStops are. That's a good point. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. 
We just got all business up in this. There's bitch. a great. Uh, Sorry if I if I made the podcast super boring. And <laughs> you someone <laughs> make least, a dick joke. Fast. We have learned something here today. <laughs> um, Damon made a great video the other day uh, about pre-order incentives yeah. and how they're getting a little bit out of control when it's literally adding new levels and like heaping amounts of content based on yeah. where you buy it. Comparing it to like if you go to a movie, you know, at one theater and the guy wears a funny hat the whole movie, whereas mm-hmm. if you go to a new a different theater chain you're gonna have a different character in the movie the whole time like right. it, it gets a bit nuts andrew goldfarb it brought it up that uh between all the pre-order bonuses and like the art book bonus and stuff the total for mass effect to own everything is something ridiculous in the hundreds and hundreds of dollars oh geez just wow if you want to have everything from all the retailers and all of the other pre-order wow. bullshit Man. yeah it's crazy out of control. nuts indeed speaking of mass effect Whew. Harry says, I am a massive Mass Effect fanboy, and I cannot wait for Mass Effect 3 in two weeks. However, I can't call myself a true fan as I haven't played Mass Effect 1 before 3. God damn it, Harry. Ooh. Wow. Okay. We're going to lay into you in a bit. Harry! Harrison Harold. We have words to have. That's, with that's you. actually his name. Well, well Harry done. Harrison Harold? Yep. 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 He has really, really awesome parents. My question <laughs> is. Can I import my character from Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 1 and then have it carry on to Mass Effect 3? An odd question, but I need help before Mass Effect 3 and fast. No. No, you can't. You can't. Um, It'd it'd be like trying to, you know, play a a PlayStation 2 game on a PlayStation 1. I mean, it's... Yeah. the, The idea of forwards compatibility. They didn't make Mass Effect 1 with the programming to let you move your character back yeah, only it's, forward. it's because it's not about like what level your character is and what skills they have. It's but about s- actual story, story choices. Yeah. I mean, if it was literally like, oh, I have a level 30 Vanguard, I'm going to just import that into Mass Effect 1 and play through Mass Effect 1 as a level 30 Vanguard. It's like, no, it's keeping all the information about everything that happened in Mass Effect 2 that you chose right. to do, and Mass Effect 1 just wouldn't get it. Commander Shepard is not a time traveler. Yeah. No. He is and not Doctor Who. So basically, what we're saying is stop listening right now. Get into Mass Effect 1. You have <laughs> yeah. two weeks. We went over this last week. It's not that long. Indeed. The trouble is, though, he'd have to um, import his character into Mass Effect 2 and play through Mass Effect 2 mm. to get that character into Mass Effect 3. That's right. Like, I think that's... you're... I mean, yeah. you need to play Mass Effect 1. It's it's lovely. Yep. It's it like is. you said, you don't know who Saren is. Yeah. Um, There's so much, so much rich story that you yeah. get from playing Mass Effect And there's one. choices in one that we are led to believe come back to haunt you in three. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or haunt or help, maybe. Oh, shit. Indeed. So, Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, how many hours are in a week? If you make this your full-time job, yep. you can probably get through Mass Effect 1 and 2 by the time 3 comes out. Yeah, just yeah. don't go to work anymore. Yeah. And just play Mass Effect for 8 to 12 hours a day. Yeah. Use your whatever severance you're left with to yep. pre-order mm-hmm. Mass Effect 3 from various retailers. So you get all the bonuses, like we just said. Yep. I'm Make it happen. And, and you know, even if you don't end up playing Mass Effect 3 on launch day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you you definitely should get through Mass Effect 1. I mean, you're an Xbox gamer. You have yeah. the, the ability to do that. As exciting, PlayStation 3 gamers can't do that. Yeah. They have to watch a little fucking movie. God, that comic is so bad. As yeah. exciting as it is to play a game on launch day, and I fall into this trap too, if you wait a month, six weeks, Amazon's going to sell it for $40. Some point in a yep. month after release, yes. I almost guarantee it. But the, yep. the problem is, if he has friends or yeah, coworkers yeah, yeah. who are like, "We're all gonna play Mass Effect," like here we can't wait. If yeah. we don't play Mass Effect, it's gonna get spoiled. You will ruin something, or in your apartment where your roommate. There is are already it. TVs in our office where, if you look at the wrong time, it's something dangerous. will be spoiled. Yep. <sighs> mm. 
Indeed. Yeah. Yep. God damn it. So just yeah, play one. Play that. But I say, yeah, if you can at all, unless you do have that group of friends that is all getting at the same time and you guys want to play the multiplayer mode together, take a, an extra week or two off. Play, build a character from one. You're going to have the most epic Mass Effect six weeks of your life. <laughs> Highly recommend. I mean, I don't even remember what happened in two, to be full. To be it's honest. It's not nearly as memorable. I don't remember who survived two for me. So I don't know how oh, three is going to begin don't? for me. Oh, okay. Pete, go back and refresh yourself on yep, I need to. Mass Effect 2. And Mitch, hey, we are moving on to MBKs right now, okay. but you owe me three more Clerks <laughs> references. Yep, I'm, I've been trying to think of it the whole time, <laughs> and nothing has presented itself. I was going to try and lob a few at you, like something about pretzels, or... I would have got that one. Is that a mall, mall rats thing? Yeah, it is. Oh, mall rats. Snowball something, that's Clerks that's again, though. Yep. Uh, clerks 2 um, is, you can do Clerks 2. We could have a dance number. You could have a dance number with Rosario Dawson. <laughs> we just talked Damn. about Rosario Dawson. Oh, oh. I blew it. You were yep. so close, man. Yeah. Fuck. Ass to mouth. Uh, <laughs> you never go. Yeager says, "The Office, Community, and Thirty Rock." Mary Boff Kilgo. Mary the Office, Boff Community, kill Thirty Rock. <gasps> no. Really? Yep. Mary man. Community, Boff Thirty Rock, kill The Office. No, is shit. the office that bad? I the just new office seven. is such shit since I, Steve Carell left. Oh, yeah, man. the office is ready to. See, it's gotten really bad. Season seven, where like they're setting up for him to leave. Yeah, but I'm gonna. I'm, James okay. Spader is fine, but he's just his character is so. I don't know. It's just not as funny as it was. <laughs> okay. It's a great review. I think they're James trying to. James Spader is fine. The, I mean, I think they're trying to be more awkward, like the original British one with James Spader and his character, where you can't really read him. Ugh. But it just doesn't work. I really wish they had just got Ricky Gervais to be David Brent. I uh, know, totally. That would have been, been perfect. He, he had that cameo, like uh, yeah, when they were looking to hire people or something. Right, right. He they were hinting. That's great. But, As David uh, Brent. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, it was awesome. He had a scene, a little brief scene with Steve Carell. It was, it was brilliant. awesome. Um, but yeah, I'd go Mary Thirty Rock, Boff Community, Kill the Office. Because I love 30 Rock. I do, too. I do, too. It's still Such hilarious. But Community is just hitting its stride, whereas 30 Rock is on, like, a weird downswing right now. Uh, I, I'm also just kind of <laughs> over the Tracy Jordan thing. Well, yeah, but he's not... It's Alec Baldwin and yeah, Tina Fey. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're freaking amazing in yes. that show. P.S. Where's Parks and Rec on this list? Because marry that above all else. I That's agree. True. I Parks, Parks and Rec, Rec is getting freaking awesome. Oh, it's my God. Been it's so good. So good. For, yeah. It's it's the second season. It's unfair to all the other shows. How yeah. good it is. Right. <laughs> treat yourself treat yourself matt says follow time okay this is a this is a hulk hogan mbk suburban commando no holds barred mr nanny what Mary Bob is going on what is this <laughs> i've heard of none of these i don't They're remember all all hulk hogan movies. i don't remember He's no holds movies? barred yeah i Three. Just, i can picture the box the box of mr nanny probably kill that one mm-hmm. i think that order yeah you think so I'd marry No Holds Barred. I don't remember No Holds Barred, that so I'm taking a seen. chance. Marry Randy Savage. No. Oh, rest in peace, Macho Man. I would marry No Holds Barred, Boff, Suburban Commando, Kill Mr. Nanny. I've never seen uh, Suburban Commando nor Mr. Nanny, but they both sound terrible. So <laughs> I would kill Mr. Nanny. It sounds worse. My question to you, Matt, is where is uh, Three Ninjas High Noon on Mega Mountain? <laughs> Or Rocky Three. I mean, those are pretty big Hulk Hogan movies. Or that right? show with his daughter. Or Hogan Knows Best. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Nobody wants that trash. All right. John says, Punisher, the 1989 one, Punisher, the 2004 one, or Punisher Warzone. 
I don't know any of those. Really? I know the, who the Punisher Shite. is. Man. Which one has Billy Zane in it? What? Billy Zane? Am I crazy? Tom Jane? Tom Jane? Was that the 2004 one? Yeah. yeah. What, who was in the 1989 one? That was Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. Dolph yeah. Lundgren and Lou Gossett Jr. I, uh, I'm sitting this one out. Oh, in the Immortal right. words, words of uh, James Hetfield, kill them all. I swear Ooh, Billy Zane was in a Punisher or something. Seriously, I, is, what was the what one am I thinking of? Warzone? Is that the, the PSN game? No, it, yeah. I mean, they, they made like that Which PSN. one was the good one? Because there was one on PS2 that was like, it had really messed up executions. That, that one was, really was good. Yeah, but the one on PSN is garbage. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah, but that's games. These are movies, though. Yeah. Warzone is Warzone a movie? Yeah, it has. Because I think uh, that was the name of the game too. It had the guy from uh, from Rome in it. I think. I Wait, know. Rome or? I have no idea. Something. He's either playing on his phone or researching. I I'm trying know. to figure out what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would I would marry Warzone just because I think it's the best one on this list. Boff, Punisher 2004, oh, and so bad. And kill. 1989. I'm going to get a lot of shit for marrying Warzone, by the way, because that movie was, for all intents and purposes, fucking horrid. It was just such a bad movie. But it was such a good guilty pleasure because there's so many, like, just terrible scenes in it. Like, he blows a guy's face off with a shotgun point blank and punches through another guy's skull. It's awesome. It's brilliant stuff if you like The Punisher. Billy Zane has Actually, been in a lot of movies, Actually, it's not brilliant at all. No. I, I, I just, <clears throat> this came to mind just because... The setup for oh, shit. I'm thinking of the Phantom. I'm sorry. <laughs> Phantom. Okay. Shit. This is my opportunity <laughs> to make a Phantom's reference. <laughs> oh no. I'm talking the Phantom. <laughs> I, I just I remembered the beginning of Punisher 2004 is the same setup as Far Cry. Did you guys ever see the Far Cry movie? No. You should. God no. It's it's bad because it's a new Bull movie, but it's easily his best. It's super fun, dude. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna give us somebody's gonna send in a bowl and be Oh now. God. Then we're just, then we're all fucked. I think the universe is going to turn Mary inside Far out. Far Cry, because yeah. it's awesome. It's easily his best movie. <laughs> oh it's so fun. They're going to send no a joke. bowl list without Far Cry on it. Wow. And what do we do? <laughs> all right, all right. We're lagging a little bit. Yep. Uh, Montel yep. says, uh, "Halo music, Halo multiplayer, Halo story." Mary Boff, kill go. Mary multiplayer, Boff music, kill other one. Story. story. Yeah. Even though I like that universe a lot. Mary, Mary, Mary music, Boff multiplayer, kill story. Yeah, I'm with uh, I'm with Pete on this one. I keep hitting my mic. I'm sorry. I love. <laughs> I still love Halo multi- multiplayer. Yeah, it's a blast. I don't go back enough because when I do, I've been playing so many other shooters. Like I'm all fucked up on the buttons. How do I sprint? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean melee doesn't click the right stick? All right, guys, this is a great one from Maurice. It is original Duke S controller and 360 controller. Mary Boff kill go. Mary 360 Boff Duke kill S. Ugh. I will marry Duke. Ugh. Boff 360 and kill S. I need to go. <laughs> Dude, Duke. Duke is so bad. Fucking Duke. It's the worst control. It's worse than the GameCube controller. I loved Duke. I, I thought the GameCube controller. I was like 11. That was you had little very hands small hands, exactly. I have tiny hands now. <laughs> like, I still can't use that fucking thing. Kill that thing. Marry 360 and boff the s because uh, the s was like hey now they understand what's good but duke just has so much personality like he's, he's it's great like, yeah it has a personality of like fat albert where it's just super hey, hey, gross hey. and ugly and annoying you, you boff mushmouth. you marry fat <laughs> albert that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> all right fabian says avengers justice league x-men marry boff kill go marry x-men boff avengers and kill justice league ouch i'm with you I like the idea of ju- I I don't like Justice League per se, but I like all the characters involved. I'm an I'm a Batman guy. I gotta I yeah, gotta yeah. marry marry Justice League. Marry Justice League. Boff X Men. Kill Avengers. Batman is the only good DC super. We love some X Men around here. I think that's what we learned today. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is true. We boffed some X Men around here. Mm. That's what we learned. Scott says Darksiders, Dark Souls, The Darkness, Mary Boff, Kilgo. Oh, man. Dang. It's a good list. Uh, all right. I'm going to marry Darkness, Boff, Dark Souls, Kill Darksiders. Yes. Uh, I would uh, marry Dark Souls. Boff, the darkness, kill Darksiders. Sorry, like, sorry Darksiders. Darksiders. Yeah, you're not... W- <laughs> you're already dead. It's not you, Darksiders. It's us. Yeah. But also you, because your mission structure's boring. <laughs> hey. <laughs> two's going to be better. There's it just enough annoying puzzles to slow everything to a halt. Yep. <laughs> Tim says, Ninja Turtles, Battletoads, Double Dragon, Mary Boff, Kill Go. In that order. Yeah. You think so? Sorry, yep. Double Dragon. Easy. Okay. Easy, I, easy. I might boff Battletoads. Okay. Or, I mean, sorry, Mary Battletoads and buff Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Either is acceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love I love Battletoads. I want I want that game back. I oh, want man. something to happen there. Oh, yeah. It'd be so good. <laughs> so awesome. All right, guys. That does it for our MBKs and oh, for man. questions and answers. Uh, if you have any more questions or you just want to shoot the shit, be sure to send us a message at unlocked at IGN.com. Remember to keep your uh, emails short and sweet so we can try to get to them on the podcast. Uh, we won't get to all of them, but we will do our best. We will try so goddamn hard. Conversely, you can hit us up at Twitter, at Unlocked, at P. Eichmanns, at Mitchie D, at IGN, and myself, at Steven underscore Hopper. And our meta achievement is... Anyone? All right, how about this? It's not for everybody. This is if you have a Connect. I was going through the downloads. There's a new Connect Fun Labs app called Junk Foo. I have no idea what it does. I haven't tried it out yet. Okay. But basically, the Connect, Connect Fun Labs are... They allow you to upload um, images of the crazy shit you've done uh, to some random Microsoft website. So do something in Fun Labs, take a crazy picture of yourself, and send it in. Awesome. And how much is this worth? I mean, this is a pretty that's, solid that's, investment yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's got to be worth 30 points. 30. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. If you don't 30. have Connect, um, sorry. Try the Syndicate demo. Let so us know what you think. You. Try yeah. it anyways for you Connect people, too. Definitely. And uh, you could also use your 15, Connect to play the Mass Effect demo. Yeah, fifteen points for demo demoing. Cool. Send us your thoughts. Yep. Wow, two two minutes. You can double up this week. You guys are spoiled. All right. Well, that does the Connect it for the one's pocket. a little off the wall. So <laughs> agreed. Uh, that does it for our podcast. Thank you, Locksmiths, for joining me. Woot. And thank you very much, listeners, for listening to us. And uh, we will catch you next time. Peace. Bloop, bloop. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.